0: Welcome to a Healing Peace podcast. We partner with Intel, a nonprofit organization that provides educational programs to promote emotional and mental health while building our identity in Christ. In this podcast series, you will learn about me, Kimir Baker, the CEO and founder of Intel, and other life changers. We inspire, equip, and support you along your journeys. By the renewal of our minds, we overcome life's challenges. We renew and rise up. Glad to have you back. You know how we do. It is time for our wonderful PSEs. Yes, subscribe to our channel, leave us a review, and tell your friends about us. These small acts of kindness helps others to hear our uplifting and encouraging messages about our emotional well-being yes we are we are in the inspiring business thank you for listening to our wonderful PSAs. now back to the show now this segment is going to be banking we are about to take a deeper dive into our limited beliefs how they develop. how can we begin to shift our belief system to something positive you know how we do We start this segment by digging deeper into God's Word. Before I delve into that good old Bible, throughout our lifetime, we will deal with tragedy in our lives. And boy, do I wish this was not the case. I want to always have blue skies and rainbows. In terms of a personal tragedy, I spoke during a podcast episode 84, Preserving Your Value, Tools and Tips. About God providing me the opportunity to heal 30 years after a friend's murder. For 30 years, I carried the burden of not being able to help my friend whose life ended so tragically. 30 years later, God revealed that He did not forget about that wound and wanted me to heal from it. I expressed how speechless I was in knowing that God did not forget. There is a Bible story. That reveals God not forgetting in the midst of tragedy. We're going to discuss Hannah. If you're not familiar with her story, I'm going to give you some background information, but you can always read 1 Samuel chapter 1. That's where her story begins. And who is she? She's Samuel's mama. None of this, Hannah was married and barren, which means she wasn't able to conceive children. Year after year, Her husband took a trip to fulfill his duties in worshiping God. On the trip, he brought Hannah and his second wife. Her name is kind of tough, and that's why I will always refer to her as the second wife. But year after year, the second wife teased Hannah for not bearing children. Now, you may be wondering, Kim girl, how is this a tragedy? Well, in biblical times, women were there to provide an heir to her husband's throne. You may remember the issues that Sarah went through with Abraham because she couldn't bear children initially. Uh, can I say Hagar and another nation? Mm-hmm. Also, the Israelites had another law that if the husband dies, the brother must resume responsibility with the brother's wife to produce an heir for him. Why? I did ask that question. Why was that? so that the husband's name would not be blotted out from the history of Israel. Our 501c3 nonprofit organization, Jintel, and A Healing Peace are looking for community partners to support our mission. We are bridging the gap between faith-based and therapeutic resources. Consider partnering with us. Go to org slash donate. And contribute. By contributing in this manner, you ensure that we continue to spread this inspiring and encouraging message. So, here is a woman with the pressures of culture and customs to produce a child to keep the family's name in history. Now, as I say this, I believe that this mentality exists today. Yeah. You're like, huh? It may not be associated with producing the air, no, but rather the defining moments of motherhood and what women should be doing. Most of us live with the understanding that I should bear children. Without producing children, there's a deep-seated loss as if part of me has failed. And you heard that me part in there Because I really relate and understand this circumstance of dealing with not having children. I'll tell you up front, it was not by my choice that I don't have kids. I did. I envisioned being married with kids by the age of 25. However, 25 rolled by, uh, then 35. And now in my 40s, it's just not physically possible. Of course, during these periods of time, everyone asked, come here, when are you going to have kids and settle down? Do you love work that much? Some even state, well, the next time I see you, you should be with X and at least be pregnant. And then there's a season in my life where all of my close friends, they got married, they start having kids one by one, just dropping off. And yet here I am. Not to mention, as uh, you get older, I'll tell you those during holiday parties and family reunions, man, was I grateful for COVID? So I didn't have to answer anyone, cause you know what they're gonna say, girl? Why didn't you bring anybody? Why you by yourself? And then of course, when people didn't see me with anyone, they would say, mm, oh, "Come here, you know, come over here a little bit, let me talk to you." You're like, "Yeah, what do you want to?" Well. You know, I don't ever see you with anybody, so does that mean you like women? Is that what you like? Is that your thing? Oh, can I say the torture? So just so you know, yes, I wanted to have a family. And yes, I did. I did. Unfortunately, I never found the right companion to have my happily ever after. And I will have to admit to dealing with the mental anguish of man. I am incomplete as a woman. So like I say, Hannah's story hits home. But let's get back to her story. Let me, let me not tell you all my problems and issues. Back to her story. Despite Hannah's heartache, Hannah's husband loved her and wanted her to know that she meant more to him than her having children. Now remember, her husband did have a second wife, so he knew that he had an heir. But for Hannah, it felt like it was her duty. She wanted that experience. She wanted to say that, ah, oh, I have bore children. I've been able to leave an heir. And you know, it's kind of obvious, during this time, Hannah already felt bad. Yes, she did. She didn't need anybody telling her that she couldn't reproduce. But you know how things work out. There's always someone there pressing a the finger, putting on pressure, and show notes. That was her husband's second wife. Hannah, do you have children? Mm. Hannah, why are you even traveling with us? You don't have any children. Hannah, you know I'm his true love because I can give him heirs. What can you give him? That nagging and nudging excessively over and over to the point that Hannah grieved even more. The Bible says that the second wife's intentions were to irritate her. It worked because she grieved even more. I am certain that Hannah experienced grief throughout the year, and not just this one time when she was going with her husband to worship God. I'm pretty sure it was there. It was nagging. It was in her mind. It was just like, "Ugh!" But this time in her narrative, The Bible reveals that she was so grieved and sad to the point of bitterness in her soul. It was like, something is just not right. I am hurting. I am not complete. I am grieving. God, what about me? Now, what did Hannah do next? She prayed to God and wept literally. And the way that she did it was that the minister at the time, he saw her because she was just sitting there and her lips were moving. And the dude thought she was drunk. He was like, what's going on with this woman? She's going to come up in here drinking during the day, packing the food. She ain't even worshiping God. And lo and behold, she was in this state of reverence, this state of intimacy, this state of desperation, this state where She couldn't mouth it completely, but her soul spoke in anguish on her behalf. And during this time, you know, once she explained to the the priest why she was there, he stated, go in peace and, and may the Lord bless you. And, you know, during this time, it was an opportunity for Hannah just to be one with God, to be real with him, to bear her soul with him. And nonetheless, after that experience, she went back home and the Bible says that God remembered her during that special moment so she could conceive. And, and why are we discussing Hannah? Well, her experiences reveal emotional duress caused by life's disappointments. Can I say COVID and everything else? But Not just disappointments, but dealing with tragedy. In her tragedy, she dealt with grief. She was provoked by the second wife, trying to irritate her, causing more pain and affliction. She possessed a natural response to her tragedy by experiencing distress, misery, bitterness of soul, and for others, it may get to the place of depression. All that stuff just there and and just our hearts just aching with pain. And in her distress, that natural response, she cried. And the Bible says not just any old crying, but she wept bitterly. Again, I just want to reiterate that these are natural responses to tragedy. Do not feel ashamed for crying. Do not feel ashamed of, oh, I should be over this right now. Sometimes it just doesn't happen right away. Hannah endured years of pain. Yes, she did. But despite her tragedy, we discover a woman who went to God and expressed and exposed her soul to him to the point that she looked foolish For those who were looking on to her, her response was, Let me be vulnerable. Let me be intimate with God. And you know, she caught his attention. He remembered and he answered her prayer. Her story provides hope and allows us to see that God is with us during our unfavorable seasons. He is with us. But sometimes, And perhaps maybe more than we want to admit, these experiences lead us to a place where we question who we are. We question our identity. Am I a complete woman? Did God see me? For myself, with my friend, I questioned and carried the burden that I was not a good friend because I didn't spare her from her circumstances. I didn't react quick enough. If I would have done this, if I changed this, only if, and then boom, it was too late. She was gone. She was murdered. And in such a horrific way. And I carried that burden of knowing how she died, of knowing her pain, of knowing that I wasn't there to help. And finally, finally, 30 years later, God did not forget me. And he healed that wound. he gave me the opportunity to be forthcoming about my experiences and and tell my side of the story and to come to grips with it didn't work the way that I thought it worked, but not only that he because he knew I was dealing with that, that guilt, he sent someone and said, "Come here, even if you did X, Y, and Z, there was no guarantee." that those items would have saved her life. And I never thought about that before because I, I, I took that responsibility onto myself. And, and it was like, no, that's not your place. So I share this, and, and again, because sometimes in all those circumstances, we carry these wounds and, and we forget that God wants to heal us. And until we receive his healing, we become trapped by these tragedies. Yes, they actually alter our thoughts and feelings about ourselves. Want support and guidance on your personal growth and development? Then pick up our Personal Growth and Development Workbook, authored by a Christian counselor and our j and founder, Kimir Baker. The workbook provides a practical approach for emotional wellness by providing insights and prompts for journaling as well as prayer. This approach reveals the power of self-reflection and self-discovery while mending emotional wounds with the help of our Father. Pick up your 10 weeks of daily encouragement and practice transformation. Go to healingpeace.com forward slash store to purchase your copy. As I share this, I'm reminded of a situation that occurred probably about 12 years ago. I I went, I I visited a friend who then loaned me out to another friend. (laughs) Yeah, we know how that works sometimes. So I went out with my friend's friend. And while I was spending time with her, we met up with her group of friends. Yeah, I was on loan pass, loan pass, loan pass, loan. I was loaned out. But during the outing, I was not aware of some of the statements that I was making in regards to wanting to attract my soon-to-be husband. Because the friend that I went to go visit, she just had her baby. She was married. It was all fresh. And I was like, oh, I'm still in that same spot. So it was fresh on my mind, not realizing that it was that fresh. But while I was there, I I was making some statements I wasn't aware. And then her male friend pulled me to his side, which he was actually a minister. So I'm just throwing it out there. You you understand as I continue my story. But he pulled me aside and he said, "Kake come here, you know, I, I've been witnessing, I, I'm listening to your comments and you've made a lot of comments about having a significant other, not having a significant other, but the way that you expressed it was so condescending of who you are as a person. And I want you to know that it is just not attractive and you really will not catch anybody with that type of attitude. And I'll be honest, like the dude, he made me speechless. I'm like, I just met you. Why you all up in my Kool-Aid? But because I was so speechless, all I could do was just stare at him. And he continued to talk and he, he said, Kimere, you're that type of person who perhaps broke a leg. While the leg was broken, you learned how to walk a certain way. However, after the leg healed, you still walked as if the leg was broken. You are not aware of it. But someone new comes along and they didn't know that you broke your leg. But they do know that you walk differently. To a person, it just looks pretty odd. So even though your leg is healed, you walk as if it is not. Not only are you walking broken, but others are watching your brokenness. I mean... I almost passed out. I was like, oh, hell, that's a divine intervention. The Lord is speaking. And yes, he nailed me. Because of my inability to attract my significant other, I began to think poorly of myself. Like something has to be wrong with me. Not to mention my past failures in life. Thus, I walked brokenly. But God kept saying, you're not broken. You're with me. I'm healing you. Your past wounds and your previous poor relationships. I'm working it out. I'm healing you. However, I was clueless about God's healing power and continue to walk in a broken state. Others were like, "Girl, what's wrong with you?" Don't she know that she's beautiful and a good catch? I do receive those compliments. Thank you. But why is she walking around like this? I will tell you, I'll be honest, that I'm still on this journey. I continually have to embrace God's healing for me. I continually have to view myself with the kindness and grace that God provides. It is a journey and I am still on it. But I have learned a lot on this journey. And I want to share some great nuggets with you. In the next several episodes, we are going to dig deeper to understand how our experiences develop our belief system. We're going to look at and become like and, and understand and embrace how to be like Hannah and get back to a place of serenity and intimacy with God. How can we push forward from those who are continually irritating us or afflicting us with grief? Yes, we are going to talk about it. And you know how we do. I invite others onto the show to share their wisdom and insights. I have a special guest returning, and we're going to dig into our limited beliefs. Until then, I want to reiterate that when we are experiencing tragedies that God sees us in the right time he will make his presence known you are not forgotten by him and yes he wants to heal you he wants to comfort you bring you to a place of peace Embracing his love, being fueled by his goodness, his truth, and not the wounds of life. See you next week.